Hey, chiropractors, we're ready for another modern chiropractic marketing show with Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing strategies, content marketing, direct response marketing, and business development with some of the leading experts in the industry. Hey, docs, welcome to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. This is your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, and today I've got an interview with Dr. Rebecca Deo. And she is a chiropractor, and we're going to actually dive into the topic of maternity leave. Uh, we had kind of a part one uh, a few weeks back with Dr. Ludeman and Dr. Quill. They're a, a married couple who we we touched on more about uh, working together as a couple, but then we did dive into uh, some of the maternity uh, because she had recently given birth to their second child. And, and that conversation really led to more of diving deeper into the maternity leave situation. And it was highly recommended that I interview Dr. Deo because she's uh, recently had a child and did a really good job of communicating with her boss. And I wanted to have a, a scenario where it was a more of an associateship negotiating and navigating maternity leave. And I wanted to hit it from a few different angles. You know, one is from the, um, from the mothers to be and the, and the, and the mother perspective. And two was from the owner's perspective, whether it be a, a male owner or a female owner. And then three was navigating the actual leave and trying to make sure it's optimized as best as it can. And I think uh, we did a good job of that. I know Dr. Deo great, did a great job in this episode of just cutting through the clutter. She's really good at having difficult conversations and communicating. You can tell she's a fellow podcaster. And I thought we did a good job of answering a lot of questions around this. Uh, there's just so many variables that we couldn't dive into all of them, obviously. But I'm hoping that this episode starts the conversation, can be potentially used for you to um, listen to, to, to learn for yourself, or even push off to your to your boss uh, or partner and just say, hey, you know, there's a, an idea that we get ahead of this, uh, uh, you know, no matter where you're at, if you're single, engaged, married, or your child's on the way, or even if you need to do it retroactively, I think we need to be having this conversation. We need to avoid the elephant in the room. That happens a lot of times, and that's why we're trying to to do this. So we have a, a play, a fair playing field for all involved in that. This actually can be looked upon as a a good thing. You know, like it's it's growth. You're going to hear about adding value and what they've done during, before, during, and soon to be transitioning back into care to really offset any of the potential concerns that one may have about the potential financial impact. Because as it, obviously, as we know, things always boil down to finances. And that's what we're trying to stave that off as much as we can, because the fact of the matter is, is you need to be hiring for talent. And if that talent happens to be female and potentially of childbearing age, that should have no factor in your decision to hire because they are talented and they're going to produce so much for your practice. So uh, here is my episode with Dr. Rebecca Deo. I hope you enjoy it. And maybe we'll continue the conversation if we get some feedback on some other variables that we could have thought of. Before our episode, I want to announce a new sponsor for the podcast, and that is the Grip Approach. Have you thought about adding more rehab services to your office, yet stalled, not knowing where to begin? Most of us know our patients would benefit from skilled rehab in addition to adjustments, but the process can seem daunting to implement and to know exactly what to do to get good results. As chiropractors, we're skilled at palpating the spine to know where to adjust, 
And the GRIP approach allows us to do the same thing with rehab by essentially palpating a patient's movement control with a series of simple tests GRIP shows you which rehab exercise to utilize, the best tissue therapies to use, and how often to do it for exceptional results with your patients every time. The best part is GRIP is organized online in a way that you can access seamlessly during patient care. By simply typing in a body region plus the movement of issue, you will get tons of great information on how to help your patients via quick one-minute clips and detailed notes. Right now, their, their introductory course is 100% free on gripapproach.com. That is G-R-I-P approach.com. So there's no reason not to check it out today. All right. Welcome to the show, Rebecca. I really appreciate your time today and excited to dive into a topic. It's kind of a part two to a part one we had uh, earlier. But before we dive into that, let us know about yourself a little bit personally and professionally, and we'll go from there. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. First off, um, my name is Rebecca Deo and I'm a practicing chiropractor in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, I've been there for about four years now, which has truly flown by. Um, I graduated from Palmer main campus and I come from a pretty large chiropractic family. So it's, it's been really fun so far. Perfect. What brought you to Michigan? My husband, actually, he's from the Battle Creek area and he's a chiropractor as well. And he found his practice before I was done with school. Um, so he had already been settled in and I transitioned over. I was actually on the East Coast doing a, um, a clerkship at a VA hospital at the time and wrapped up out there and found my way back to the Midwest. Nice, nice. Great, yeah. great state to be in for, for most of the year. Definitely. (laughs) Uh, But so you've had a little bit of a personal life change recently. Is that correct? Tell us about that. A huge one. So (laughs) quite possibly one of the largest ones. We just had our first child. She was born in February. So just about 10 and a half weeks ago. And like you said, everything changes, but Mm -hmm. um, in such a beautiful way. So that's been really, really fun to get to experience life with her. Yeah, we had ours, our first one a year ago, and it, it definitely uh, is exciting. It changes things and yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's nonstop. <laughs> well, and how fast did that year fly by? <laughs> it actually went by really fast and it, it yeah. was an exciting year. So it's, uh, definitely brought some changes, uh, for sure. And that's part of what we're going to dive into. So your, your baby was born in February. Uh, when did you start working in the particular clinic you're in now? And tell us a little bit about the clinic you're in. Sure. So when I first got out of school, I actually practiced somewhere else first. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe it was just over a year and a half, just under two years I was there. Um, And then I transitioned to my current practice and I've been there two full years now. Um, I'm working with a colleague that I know through the American Chiropractic Association, and I had known him for a few years before I started working for him. Um, And it's been a wonderful two years. Um, I signed the contract um, with him and kind of funny at the time I had no intention of starting a family this early. Um, it was quite, quite the shock to us. Um, we had just gotten married New Year's Eve, 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, and my boss and I, you know, from day one, we've always been very open and upfront and honest about everything. And I think, um, that was really important when I signed that contract with him, you know, I wanted to do right by him. He wanted to do right by me. We have a really great mutually beneficial relationship. So that's how that started. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see, I got pregnant last summer. He was probably the first person to know after my husband, yeah, believe it or not. Makes sense. I had a yeah. patient, I had a patient talk to me about that once. And she said her boss was the first to know because <laughs> 
she was dealing with um, pretty intense morning sickness. And she's like, I had one of two ways of going about this with my boss. <laughs> it was either I was going to tell him I was pregnant or he was going to think I was like an alcoholic. So exactly. I was, you know, being in the bathroom and, and vomiting and looking like I did at work wasn't going to be good if I kept on doing that. <laughs> well, the best part is I think he knew before I did oh. because I was actually in denial and there was just one day where I was really off mm-hmm. and he kind of mentioned it. My office manager kind of mentioned it. And I said, no, 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 I I already took a test. It's not that Um, because fun fact, I I did have a negative test and um, yeah. And so I thought it was completely, you know, it wasn't that. And then Mm -hmm. sure enough, I think it must've been four weeks later. um, I found out and I told them and they said, I knew it. And they were so proud, (laughs) but yeah, I kept working um, up until my eighth month. Um, I made the decision far in advance to take off my last month after Mm -hmm. speaking to quite a few other, um, female chiropractors Mm -hmm. and, um, my practice, I, I primarily manually adjust, Mm -hmm. um, and I do more of the, um, you know, the side posture and the more hands-on type of manual adjusting. And I knew I could make it all the way through, but Mm -hmm. even early on, I just figured, you know, if I'm able to take the time off, I think mentally it would be good for me. Obviously, mm-hmm. physically, it would probably be a good thing. Um, it was going to be my first child. So there's so many unknowns. Um, and thankfully, you know, my boss completely understood. Mm-hmm. So my last day of work was, I believe, January 26th, the end of January. And then I actually don't go back until June 5th. Okay. So combined, I took four months off mm-hmm. when you include the month prior. Um, but according to my contract, I have three full, fully paid months of maternity leave. Perfect. And so, um, that's, I've obviously, if our audience hasn't uh, figured out what we're going to talk about today (laughs) is working through, uh, maternity. And I, you know, sometimes you have to have difficult conversations and you have to, you know, uncover all the stones. There's a different, a lot of different variables in this. There's a lot of different scenarios that can can happen. And I think having good communication on it really serves everybody because, you know, if you are pregnant and working for a large corporation, it's a little bit of a different animal than it is working for a small business and being a a skilled practitioner that's hard to reproduce, right? So uh, in some corporate settings, you might have three or four or five or 10 other people that can pick up the slack for for a while. Uh, When you have a unique skill set as you do as a chiropractor, that's just not easy to to replace. And, And I think that's part of where the challenge is. Would you agree to that? Oh, 100%. And that's why I do think it is important to touch on at the very beginning of a relationship if you are hiring a female associate or partner. Um, And I'm going to be really honest with you on this podcast. When I... (laughs) When I first got my contract from him, you know, I read all the way through and I got to the bottom. I wasn't married at the time. Mm -hmm. And I I read that bottom spot that talked about, you know, the 12 weeks of maternity leave. And I thought, Mm -hmm. oh, that's funny. I don't need that. And I, (laughs) you know, I just, I remember thinking to myself, why would he put that on there? Mm -hmm. Um, But then I took a step back and I thought, how cool of him to put that on there, how, you know, forward thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, And we chatted about it. we talked about how it probably wasn't going to happen for a while, <laughs> which is really funny now to think about. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, but I'm I'm forever grateful for that because he he just gets it. He is yeah. married to a nurse practitioner who works part time. Okay. Um, they have three boys, and they're all two of them are adopted, and I believe their mm-hmm. ages right now are seven, seven, and eight. Um, so you can imagine what that's like. So yeah. he's 
fully aware of, you know, a busy family life, you know, what goes into the the life of a hardworking mother. And mm-hmm. I just think because he got that, that's what mm-hmm. led him to be so upfront and honest mm-hmm. about everything. Yeah. And I wanted to touch on that because it's important. You mentioned uh, when you signed that contract, you were single, I believe you said. We were or together. To, I think we not. were newly engaged. Okay, perfect. Yep. So, mm-hmm. um, but what I think the, the take home is, is as a female, when you're going through these types of negotiations is uh, if, even if you're 26 and single, uh, even not dating anybody mm-hmm. that can change quickly or mm-hmm. the contract can get old quickly. Mm-hmm. And you're pretty soon you're going to be maybe 28, 29, and you're in a serious relationship. Exactly. Um, so this isn't something you want to go retroactively on, I assume. Absolutely not. And you have to think about the that life sometimes doesn't go the way that you intended it to. Yep. Um, and you could very well end up pregnant in a situation mm-hmm. where maybe you aren't married or engaged or mm-hmm. even thinking about having a child. And, you know, we, we want to say that we can have a plan for life, but sometimes life has a plan for us. <laughs> it does. It does. You know, and you know, the, the reality of it is, and, and I want to look at this episode, I want to talk at it from different angles. I, I want to obviously touch on it for the female chiropractor, uh, but I also want to talk about it for the male uh, clinic owner, right? You know, and, and that's the, let's face it, even though we're probably graduating at a 50-50 clip from chiropractic school, even when I graduated back in 05, you know, a large percentage were were female, but it seems like the reality in a lot of areas are the, the owning physician is a lot of times male chiropractor. Mm-hmm. And that's where there's going to be this uh, communication and dialogue that needs to happen. And we need to, I think, dive into it because we need to make it uh, a situation where, uh, let's just say, a male um, owning chiropractor is not concerned about hiring a female chiropractor because of the nuances that are maternity leave and pregnancy and mm-hmm. two or three kids, things of that nature. So let's, let's first take it from the female chiropractor's perspective. What do you recommend they do, whether they are looking for a job now, will be looking for one soon, are currently in a job or partnership and their agreement doesn't have anything with maternity. So let's talk about the steps that you would recommend for that uh, chiropractor. So first and foremost, I I tell all of the students and young docs I talk to about this, um, I really don't think you should ever limit yourself just because of an idea or notion that you have. So I have a lot of female friends who graduated and only wanted to work for a female. Mm -hmm. And that's fine if that's maybe just a preference, but it's not fine if you're just scared to apply with a male boss because of XYZ reason, because you really never know what it's going to be like until you dive in. Um, I've personally only worked for male bosses and I had great experiences, especially the one I'm in now. Um, And if I would have had that mindset, I could have missed out on a pretty incredible opportunity. Um, So first and foremost, I think we need to be open to all environments Mm -hmm. and not place everybody in the same box because there can be an amazing professional relationship between a male boss and a female associate. Mm -hmm. Um, Secondary to that, if you are being shown a contract that doesn't have that built in um, before signing any contract, there should be some kind of meeting where you do talk about things. Um, And even if the contract is beautiful, there should probably be a conversation about the contract. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, for example, with my latest contract for maternity, 
I mean, there were silly little changes that we made that probably didn't even matter, but we really dissected it line by line. Um, because when you're reviewing these contracts, you can't really think of yourself in this day, in this year. You have to really think about the future. You have to think about if you would leave for whatever reason, if you would stay forever, you have to think of so many possibilities. Um, so my recommendation is to set up a meeting. Um, it could be on the phone. It could be in person, whichever way you'd want to do it, but have that conversation. And if it's, if anything about maternity leave is not in that contract, Mm -hmm. just bring it up. I mean, the worst case scenario is that male boss maybe didn't even have it on his radar. And he's not going to have it on his radar unless you bring it up. There Mm -hmm. are, and you're learning this because you have a one-year-old. There are so many things that people of the male gender don't think about because they don't have to. And Mm -hmm. it's not really their fault, you know, like pumping, for example, maybe we'll dive into this in a little bit. You guys should never have to really think about pumping. (laughs) You've never had to do it. You've never had to really understand why that matters. Mm -hmm. Um, So little things like that. I think the conversation and being, um, very open and honest from the get-go is important. Set that meeting, go over the contract, um, talk about it and see if there's any wiggle room. Mm-hmm. If if there's no leeway or, or budge, then we're going to have to kind of meet that conflict when we get there. But maybe mm-hmm. they just never thought about it. And maybe that boss is going to be willing to talk to you about options. If it's not a 12 week, maybe it's a six week. You know, if it's not fully paid, maybe it's 50, 60% paid. You know, it, it's not really black and white is, yep. is what I'm seeing. And when you look at maternity leave in other countries, it's not black and white either. Except for a couple really extraordinary countries like Estonia and Denmark, I believe. But for the most part, countries are all over the place with what they provide with maternity leave. So there's always negotiation. Yeah, there is. And, you know, going back to the the male doctor with the agreements, a lot of times the truth is, is they're just using cookie cutter agreements mm-hmm. that they've used for the last four associates that might have mm-hmm. all been male. So they didn't really look through any of the other aspects of it. So great and, point. Yeah. And it, it happens quite a bit. And then mm-hmm. the other thing too, is you could always just uh, sh- throw this podcast episode at your boss and, you know, say, Hey, you know, I just, maybe uh, I listened to this and I thought I got some yeah. good ideas and maybe we'll get the conversation going at least so they can blame us for it. Absolutely. And I feel like the world is getting better in the way where they're open to learning about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are some really great female associates out there. Oh, it's really great. And, mm-hmm. and back to your 1.2, where maybe a lot of female associates look for female bosses. I don't necessarily think that's a great idea either, because now you're cutting the job opportunity pool down quite a bit. Exactly. And a lot of us uh, do need that job out of school, at least, even if you want to open up your own practice at some point, you know, I work mm-hmm. for someone out of school. And so uh, you can have a really good opportunity and you don't want to cut that in half. Um, Absolutely agree. So that's for sure. And I guess the other point too, and you can speak to this better than I can, is I'm sure there's some female owner chiropractors out there that uh, don't have this language in their agreements either with female associates. And maybe they even have a mentality of maybe they own the practice when they went through childbearing mm-hmm. and they cut um, a lot of the time away from maternity because they had to obviously get back and run a practice and stuff. So maybe they they could have a mentality. of was like, well, I only had mm-hmm. two weeks so that that's what, or maybe they had kids 30 years ago. All right. Um, it's a little bit of a different environment right now than say 1990. So there's a lot of variables. It it could be a female, uh, owning chiropractor as well. Yeah. You have to put yourself in other people's shoes. 
it, you know, everyone has a different situation and story, Mm -hmm. you know, there could even be, I actually know of one off the top of my head that I'm thinking about. Um, I have a friend who is a single mother, Mm -hmm. um, and as a single mother, everything she has had to go through with her kids is completely different than for example, what I'm going through right now. Um, so yeah, absolutely. It's challenging. That that's uh, for sure. Now, um, what are some of the, I I hate using the word for, you know, non-negotiables, but I think it's a good word to use right now. If you were going through this process over again, that you just say, you know what, this, now that I've gone through it, um, I can have that, you know, hindsight is 2020. And it seems like you obviously had a really good situation, but looking back now saying, wow, thank God I negotiated or thank God I had this or whatever. What are some of those that you would recommend for our, our, our women audience out there? Well, now that I've gone through it, I, I really think when you have that conversation about the contract, you really need to pay attention to how they respond. If the language isn't in there, you know, if you do bring it up and they're completely closed off to it Mm -hmm. and make a statement or comment about how it's not necessary or their wife did this, or they know someone who did this from the get go, they're not putting you first. They're not holding, they're not respecting you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that should be a huge red flag. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's so easy to think, yeah, you know, his wife did this or his friend did this. You're right. Maybe I can too. Mm-hmm. I fall guilty of that all the time where I, I lose my train of thought and I see somebody do one thing. So I think I can do it too. Mm-hmm. But the reality is we're all different. So I think that would be the first and foremost, the number one non-negotiable mm-hmm. is if they're responding like that and you are probably going to have kids someday, I would maybe walk. Um, that being said, any kind of negotiable afterward is okay. Mm -hmm. Open that conversation and see where you can go. Um, on the flip side, you have to be respectful of them too. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't have asked for nine months paid, for example, Mm -hmm. or I wouldn't have said, Hey, I'm going to take three years off, but this job's going to be here when I get back. Right. right? So I think again, it's that mutually beneficial relationship is just Mm -hmm. really key. As far as another non-negotiable, can I, can I chime in on a non-negotiable yeah. from my perspective? Absolutely. Is um, in no way should you lose your job if it's a very reasonable time frame, right? Yeah. Like you mentioned, if it's nine months, that could be or three years, that could be challenging to to come back. Sure. <laughs> but you know, if it's something like where you know you're gonna take, even if you're not getting a paid maternity, but you're gonna take two, three, four months off, mm-hmm. and that person's not willing to uh, mm-hmm. lock in your your job, then obviously you know you're not in a good situation. You you want to probably at least get that, uh, you know, confirmed as early as you can. Let's take a break from today's episode and announce our sponsor, Propel Marketing and Design. I've known Darcy Sullivan for years and we've worked hand in hand on my websites. I don't trust anybody else to do search engine optimization. There's so much to it and she does a great job. If you're really going to get results with Google, you have to make sure your website is SEO optimized. And I really don't want you doing it yourself as a chiropractor. You just have to have this type of stuff done for you. There's just no way around it. And if you're looking to get more organic online traffic that pulls in new patients, Propel Marketing Design is currently offering chiropractors who listen to this podcast a free SEO website review. The free review will help you uncover methods that will improve your website and boost your search engine visibility. Head over to propelyourcompany.com slash chiropractor and schedule your free SEO website review. You won't regret it. She gets great results and your website needs this. Your search results need this. 
Head on over there to propelyourcompany.com slash chiropractor to get your free SEO website review today. Look, you've heard me talk about ChiroUp before, and I'll talk about them again. For those of you that aren't familiar with ChiroUp or haven't checked them out, what they are doing is amazing. I just love their clinical expertise and how they really help the chiropractor and help the chiropractor help their patient base, right? ChiroUp is an online platform designed by two chiropractors, Dr. Tim Bertelsman and Dr. Brandon Steele. They have nailed down the three things that chiropractors want and then created the resources to accomplish these goals all in one online system. Look, if you want to save more time, treat more conditions confidently, and grow your practice, then you need to try ChiroUp. Their subscribers love ChiroUp because the resources are practice game changers. I love them because I feel like we don't know how to create content sometimes and we struggle with ideas or feeling confident in what we're talking about and ChiroUp really helps solve that for you. And you will love them because of their commitment to work with you and your unique practice goals. Seriously, go to their website, check out their plans and see what they're all about. First time subscribers can get 15% off their monthly subscription with the code CHRISTY15. That's CHRISTY15 for 15% off your monthly subscription. Well, and obviously this is something that I believe should be a right for all women, but you have to think too, I want to put myself in a position where I'm so valuable that this is worth doing for me. And technically all associates should feel that way about anything. You know, we should be striving to have that relationship and show our worth to our boss every day. I mean, that's outside of chiropractic, even a very real thing. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And I want to, that's kind of, I want to make that the third part of what we talk about today. Um, I want to segue into the to second part, and that is how to navigate this. Um, but one of the things I just want to make a recommendation for the audience listening, and I'm going to say it from both the associate and the owning physician per, um, standpoint, is is the idea of the sinking fund. And I talk a lot about that from a business standpoint, from a marketing standpoint. And that is just putting money away for a one-off expense that's that's there. And I think if I was, uh, you know, in a situation where I had a childbearing female doctor or was going to hire one, I would put my three months away of that salary into a different account. So it doesn't necessarily impact um, operating expenses because we're going to go into that because there is a financial real realization as being a small business owner with maybe tight profit and losses and then losing some production. So to offset that a little bit, you would probably want to put a sinking fund in there. And so let's make up numbers. Let's say it's a three month paid and let's just easy math. Let's say it's 5,000 a month. And so we put 15 K in there that would actually cover say the salary, but then you may want to consider what some of the, um, the operating or sorry, the revenue loss could potentially Mm -hmm. be. So maybe a little bit more in there. So I think I would recommend that to the owning doctor. And then from the uh, female associate perspective, uh, maybe you and your significant other are also tucking away a little bit of extra money uh, before you get pregnant, or if it's a an oops, we're pregnant. Maybe you got you know you have eight or nine months to tuck away a little bit of extra money as well, just for a little bit of extra cushion. Any any thoughts on that? Definitely. So great, great recommendations. Um, so because ours was a surprise, um, immediately from that moment, we did tuck away. I mean, that full eight to nine months, you know, tucking away money for hospital bills, for everything else that was going to come with it, because we had money tucked away for other things, but had never 
thought about the baby until then. Um, and obviously the boss should definitely set away money as well. And what I also want some associates to consider, if you are not operating on a flat salary um, contract, if you have a bonus structure, you have to consider that too. Yep. So even though I have a full maternity leave, he's not paying me for an imaginary bonus, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So we have to consider that too. So technically I am losing money yep. quite a bit, yep. but that's just because I'm not there to make the bonus. Mm-hmm. And so um, you have to think of that too. You know, when you're getting your maternity leave paychecks, they might look different than your normal paychecks if you, if you are hitting that bonus. Yep. And that's a, a, a fair thing to bring up. Cause I didn't think about that. You know, there's salary and there's bonus and, mm-hmm. and obviously the, the hard part about having a podcast episode outlining every possible scenario is there's like 4,300 different types of pay structures. <laughs> chiropractors tend to have. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> so we could have 43 different uh, episodes and we'll dissect them out, but um, that's a good point. Great with, with the bonus situation there. And then um, what have been some of the things that your practice has done to navigate the loss of the production that you're there. Um, Yeah. So fortunately our office had grown so much within the first year to year and a half that I had been there that we knew we were going to hire very soon anyways. Um, I believe we weren't planning on doing it until sometime this year, however. So when I told him I was pregnant, we thought, oh, wow, we need to hire a lot sooner than originally Mm -hmm. planned. So thankfully we were already kind of on that trajectory, but all we did was just hire an associate sooner. Mm -hmm. Um, But then you have to factor in the time it takes to get her credentialed in insurance companies and things like that. So um, it wasn't perfect because Mm -hmm. there was, I think like one or two months where she couldn't really see Mm -hmm. all of my patients. But then once she was fully credentialed and everything kicked in, she was able to cover, but you also have to remember not everyone's going to see your coverage. Um, I can't even tell you how many patients, you know, we're talking about having to go four months without me and you can recommend all you want. You can recommend that they do their home care and um, see somebody else if they have to, while you're gone. Mm -hmm. But some people can be barely walking and they won't get help until you're back. So you have to remember that as well. Um, So we hired somebody. We also just updated our, our patients very frequently. So I believe I told patients I was pregnant around 20 weeks, Mm -hmm. Um, but we don't operate on a very wellness-based practice. So there were people that came in and saw me at eight months pregnant and they were like, what is this? You know, they had no idea. Uh, We posted on social media quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a week or two before I left, we also reminded people, hey, just a reminder, Dr. Rebecca is going to be gone for X number of months. If you Mm -hmm. need something, let us know. Um, And then we're doing the same thing for my return. Perfect. So, um, a couple weeks before I get back. So I think sometime this week, mm-hmm. they're going to be receiving a text message and a, um, social media post, just reminding everyone when I'm coming back and what my new hours are going to be. Um, and then probably a couple days before we'll do the same thing. That's great. It's kind of reminds me when we closed for a month last year for the <laughs> pandemic, you know, it's like you had to stay in communication and, it, and totally. it worked. And I think you could apply that same, uh, marketing communication strategy of say, okay, you know, we're going to, And you have time to figure this out. Obviously, you know, you've got nine months or maybe by the time you know you're pregnant, it's eight months or so or seven months. If you leave Mm -hmm. a month early, you've got time to work through this. And maybe you can even coordinate uh, a plan in the beginning and even set out some emails uh, throughout that three or four period of time that you're just 
you're not writing them or, or doing them during your leave, but they're already pre-done and someone can send them out for you just to touch base, mm -hmm. even update your patients on how you're doing or pictures of the baby. You know, like, I yeah. think that could be fun to, to, to make sure you have that communication going with your patient base and then obviously have the, the strategy when you're coming back as well. So that's a good point. I never even thought about that, but that's, that's really good. And patients love the updates. I mean, yeah. the day, you know, the day I went into, into labor, they put out a blast online mm -hmm. and everyone was looking for photos and, um, you know, and we have that blessing as chiropractors where our patients, most of the time really love us. You yeah. know, they care about us. They, mm -hmm. they want to know how we're doing. And especially with such a big moment like this. Yeah, that's cool. That's a, that's a great mm -hmm. idea. Now, was there, has there been any touch points you've had with the clinic just to kind of coordinate some of the patients that are being seen or preparing for when you come back to like, how is that transit going to go from the covering doc back to yeah. you? And cause obviously that's going to impact your bonus moving forward as well, as far as like, okay, how do yeah. I build back up and stuff? What does that look like? So we changed my contract quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I was working full time, um, all five, I believe four and a half days and then an occasional Saturday. Mm -hmm. Um, and so going back, I'm actually dropping down to three full days. Perfect. Um, and so, I'm just going to have very busy three full days. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so because of that, the contract changed a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, you know, now I'm going to be sharing a bonus structure with the associate. And so mm -hmm. right now she's seeing my coverage and she sees almost all of our new patients and mm -hmm. our office is fortunate enough to have very many. I think the biggest transition will be that I'm going to be limiting my new patients. Mm -hmm. So when I come back, I'm primarily going to be follow-ups only and mm -hmm. then new patients pretty much by request. Yeah. Um, so that'll change things. Um, mm -hmm. And she'll stay busy with new patients. And then we have a really nice system for coverage. So our bonus is based on total chiropractic collections, which mm -hmm. I cannot recommend enough. Um, you know, when my boss goes on vacation, we cover and there's, there's no competition when I'm gone, they cover, there's no competition. It's all, how can we all work together for the greater good? Um, I which did a I podcast. Love. I did a podcast on that. I love that. I'm going to have to find that one because <laughs> yeah. it is so important. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it really makes us treat that office like our own. Yeah. I think, you know, yeah. every decision I make, I don't think of myself as an associate. I think of how can I make this office better? Um, so those are the biggest changes I think that are going to come through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. It's just to touch on that a little bit more. That's how our setup is. And then it's, you know, it's funny, like I know we had a, a pretty good size personal injury check come in on a patient of mine, but uh, the associate's like, oh, great. You know, he's like, because <laughs> he knows like it goes to the whole collection. Yeah. Bonus off collections and stuff. So it definitely um, has a team effort. Now I'm down to two days a week treating nice. patients. And so that helps, but yeah, you're going to find yourself really busy in those three days that that yes. was the, <laughs> that was kind of the unintended consequence when I went from, I went from five to four down to two and I went from four to two, my Mondays and Thursdays with patients. Like it's, it's pretty nonstop. So. Yeah. Jam packed. Yeah. Another really good thing that we did communication wise, mm -hmm. Kevin, that'll bring up. Um, it's the beautiful thing about electronic, you know, the medical records, EHRs now give us the opportunity to work at home. Yeah. So even though I'm not working necessarily, if something comes up with a patient, I can just pull up their record and answer any question that the other docs are having. And there have been a couple unique cases that have come up while I've been gone. And, you know, I just pull it right up from home. I let them know what's going on. Um, and I think that's really great. I mean, I can't imagine 20 years ago, them asking me about a patient I saw in January and 
having to drive to the office to answer their question. Um, or, so. or if it was like five years ago, a patient, they'd have to have a whole separate storage unit of old <laughs> yeah. records that you'd have to drive oh, to. <laughs> so painful. Yeah. So painful. I'm, I'm grateful. I mean, obviously there's so much wisdom you can gather from those years, but I'm very grateful to be, you know, practicing in today's world. <laughs> yeah. We complain a lot, but life's not so bad. No. Um, one of the things you, you touched on a little bit and I, I wanted to highlight and then get you to expand on a little bit. Um, it's not like you've gone completely dark, right? Like you're not reachable and, and they have no idea where you're at and, and, and you've communicated um, throughout this process. Um, I think that's important. Exactly. Uh, you're, you're on maternity leave for sure. You're not going to have to do any physical stuff, but mm-hmm. I think um, I think it's still part of being a team player is if you mm-hmm. have to hop on an EHR for a minute or, uh, you yeah. know, brief a, one of the doctors on a patient or something. Um, can you speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. I mean, I can't imagine being in the dark personally, and then even for their sake. Um, so yeah, I, I check in probably once a week, just kind of Mm -hmm. perusing through, you know, our, our chats with the front desk and the docs just to make sure everything's kind of okay. Um, we use Slack primarily. And what they'll do is if it's something very pertinent, they'll probably email me, but they'll also use the tag feature in the chat so that I know that I'm needed for that message. Mm -hmm. Um, they've been so respectful though, about not bothering me unless it's a true emergency, which is great. Um, Um, I'm trying to think of anything else communication wise we've done. Oh, I've made a pretty good effort to actually be present for all of the in-person office gatherings. Um, So we've had, I'm trying to think we had one employee leave Mm -hmm. um, for another position. She had been there. I can't remember how long, but we had just a little bit of a, you know, going away kind of thing for her with our small group. And I stopped by and said my goodbye. She had to meet the baby. Um, And I think that's important too. You know, it's, it's not like I'm in bed all day, every day. I'm mm-hmm. moving around. I, I'm still, I have a very active life, even though I'm on maternity leave. So yeah. that can include going to the office and seeing, sure. you know, my people. So yeah. um, great reminder, you know, reach out to um, your associates who are on leave because there are some things with maternity leave that are dark. And um, I feel very fortunate that I am doing well, but not everybody is. So that's another thing I hadn't even really thought of until right now, but as a boss, check in on your associate, you know, see how they're doing, see if they need any help. Mm -hmm. Um, I know both of our office provided us with quite a few meals right when I delivered, which was amazing to just Mm -hmm. have that kind of support outside the office from your staff. That's great. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's transition a little bit to the doctor that owns, whether it's male or Mm -hmm. female, right? So it's the owning doctor and you, and you've got this uh, potential scenario, or, um, I just want to start, chipping away at any of the potential pitfalls so that um, there's no reservations whatsoever in hiring a female chiropractor. Mm -hmm. Um, And right out of the gates, I think to myself, uh, you know, and I talked to a lot of chiropractors, obviously, and there's always a concern, no matter if it's a male or female associate that you're going to invest in them. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to leave in a year, you know, Mm -hmm. or even a year and a half or, or, or two. And then I think that gets magnified a little bit in the sense of, you know, what happens if um, I invest in this doctor um, and she's with me for six to 12 months, then is on maternity, comes back and mm-hmm. then leave six months after that to open her own practice type of stuff like that. And, and those are potentials. You know, I, I think whenever you have an associate, you have to um, understand that they need to grow and you need to help them grow and whatever that end uh, growth is, whether that's uh, the person wants to be an associate and work in a great situation 
in that clinic or they want to be a partner or they want to open their own, you need to help them grow to find that out. But um, how can we start to change the narrative a little bit from the owning chiropractor and feeling really comfortable and not even thinking this as a thing that would um, prevent them from hiring? So my boss and I do, I don't really know if I should just call it a check-in, but we do Mm -hmm. check-ins, I guess. So he understands that an associateship can go all of those different ways, right? Partnership, being an associate forever, opening your own, quitting Mm -hmm. altogether. Um, So we just probably every maybe four to six months, we'll Mm -hmm. just kind of and not, not a scheduled chat. We'll just have a discussion on how things are going. And, Mm -hmm. um, I will be really honest with him and we'll chat about, you know, what we're liking, what we're not liking. Um, what does a year from now look like? What does a couple Mm -hmm. years from now look like? Um, I don't even know if I'm ever going to open, but we've even chatted about what I would do if I opened. Mm -hmm. So the fact that we've been able to even have that conversation is huge because I know that I can go to him the day I make that decision. Mm -hmm. And I think what he probably likes is that I will actually go to him the day I decide. And, (laughs) and probably a byproduct of it is, is as long as everything stays really good in this communication is that it's not going to be a scenario where you give them like, two or four weeks notice exactly. that you're leaving. And then it really gets challenging. And I, I had a yeah. similar conversation w- with my associate. We have good communication on that stuff and, and mm-hmm. we have a pretty good idea of what the end goal is for his career. And, mm-hmm. and so we had a kind of a touching point over a couple of drinks uh, a few months ago. And he's like, Oh, if I, you know, if I ever leave, it's because I'm open my own practice and I'm gonna give you plenty of notice because he's going to want yeah. me to help. He's going to want me to help him with that. And I would yeah. be fully willing to do that, you know, in any associate, as long as the communication is well. So I that's think such that's, a beautiful thing. Yeah. I think that's important. And that's probably a scenario that you two have in your mm-hmm. working relationship. Absolutely. And you want it to be that way on both ends. You know, I, like if for whatever reason I told him I was going to leave and if he really, really wanted me to even give him six months, mm-hmm. I would find a way to do it for him because of mm-hmm. how much he's done for me. And you just, you want that kind of relationship with a boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, so I think it over, overall, it's like invest in each other, invest in oh, the yeah. communication, and then you're really going to have that mutual respect for each other. And there's not going to be that concern for mm-hmm. someone leaving one higher dry or cutting the cord, you know, like all the different things that can happen that we hear, unfortunately happen a lot with associateships mm-hmm. and, and such. So I think the, the bedrock is communication. Um, and I think, I think the owner chiropractor has to be prepared, um, for the different nuances of finance. And I think that sometimes, I mean, it always comes down to money, doesn't it? It does. (laughs) It does. It, It always does. So I, I think, um, we have to start to realize that, finding a great associate is step one, right? Mm-hmm. That, that student or that experienced doctor that's looking for a job, your first question just needs to be, is that a great chiropractor that's got a great fit? Because if you can answer that as a yes, then it doesn't matter uh, if they're male or female. And if they happen to be female, it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. if they get pregnant one or four times, because you know, what they're bringing to your practice is going to outweigh those things. Now, if you ask that same question, is this a great chiropractor? And the answer is no, then you shouldn't be hiring them anyway. Right? Exactly. And I try to remind um, owners all the time to really, really dissect 
why you want an associate and really figure out if it's the right time. Because sometimes it can feel like the right time, but when you sit down and crunch numbers, yeah. it's really not. Um, or there could be a few office modifications you can make to maybe put off hiring an associate for another year or two until you're really ready. Um, so I always recommend that as well, because if you do hire an associate when you're not ready, not only are you going to hurt yourself in your practice, you're going to hurt that associate too. It's true. It's, that's a, it's a great point because a lot of times that is the underlying problem is they're trying to pigeonhole an associate job and they're saying, yeah, I, I, I kind of either one of a couple things happens. One is they, they have enough patience for an associate, but they don't have enough margin for it. So they try to hope that they can figure that out or they're looking as an associate as purely like, okay, well, if I get one in over a period of time, they'll start to bring me in some, some money, which is a fair thing. Like, you yeah. know, you don't hire people just for shits and giggles, yeah. but, <laughs> but they should eventually make you quite a bit of money. <laughs> yes. Like, that's for sure. I hope but, so. But you should be able to afford that doctor going yep. into it. Not, well, maybe I can hold out for like four or five months before the money runs out. And then mm-hmm. hopefully they're bringing in money. Like you gotta make sure you can hire first yes. So you don't get yourself into that situation, because I think if you go back to what you're saying is that if, if you're as the associate chiropractor looking for some sort of paid maternity of some length, that is fair. um, And either they don't want to have that conversation or they're weird about it. Mm -hmm. Then you already answered that for us earlier in the episode where you said, that's probably not a right fit Mm -hmm. or they look at it and they can't afford it they probably can't afford you in general, right? right? It's almost like they're, they're disqualifying themselves already. A, a healthy practice that can afford associates should probably be able to, I shouldn't say should, should be able to definitely uh, handle um, some maternity leave. Well, and I'm not sure, I know you on a previous episode interviewed Dr. Ludeman and Dr. Quill, mm-hmm. and which is a great episode. And they also taught me how important it is when you hire that associate to have money reserved for that associate. You're not jumping in without a plan thinking, oh, they're going to make me money. And I also don't love the idea of just planning on several months without them generating income for you. Because as an associate, once you're past credentialing, Mm -hmm. you should just be 100% ready to prove yourself. Um, Both of my positions, I was able to jump right in and provide value to that office. Mm -hmm. And that is what you want to do. <laughs> Trust yeah. me. I mean, for them, for you, um, to be able to build your own practice that quickly as a young doc, mm-hmm. I mean, it's amazing, especially when things like maternity leave happen. Yeah. You know, I, I feel fortunate that I know I have a patient base waiting for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going back to just coverage or seeing a few patients a day. I'm going back to a full patient base mm-hmm. who is ready for me. And that, that's empowering in and of itself, too. Yeah. You know, and value is a big part of that. I think Mm -hmm. uh, no matter what conversation we're having is if you're not providing the value as as an associate, then you really don't have a lot of wiggle room for anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and then the second thing is, is I think too many associates come in and they don't work hard to provide the value and and, and grow their practice. Mm -hmm. And they kind of rest on their laurels a little bit, but even if you're planning on leaving at some point to open up your practice, it's really nice to have a test run that you actually can do this. I, I see so many times the associate didn't really prove themselves at all as an associate, didn't do anything to build their own practice. And then they leave and go and open up their own. 
and they had no mm -hmm. test run at it and they go and kind of do the same thing mm -hmm. and it's difficult. So worst case scenario is you've given yourself a test run that you can provide value to a business because when it's your business, if you don't provide value, you go out of business. And so you should always have that mindset of providing value and then you'll be amazed in what you get in return. Absolutely. So cool. Any other thoughts? I'm hoping that this particular episode will really start the conversation even more. Um, we obviously with, with Dr. Quill and Ludeman, we, we had it from a kind of a husband wife tandem, which is difficult in itself. I wanted to go from a perspective of more of a, um, associate type of position where, uh, you know, you don't have a, a spouse to fall back on in the particular practice to cover. Uh, so I wanted to have that. I, I appreciate being part of this, hopefully some of the uh, women and uh, the women associates and the bosses, no matter if they're male or female, uh, can use this as uh, maybe a guide to start the conversation. It's so hard to give you all the variables as the <laughs> audience, but I think the big variable that we've talked about is the mutual communication. There is a right and wrong to this. Um, mm -hmm. We, we kind of know what wrong is. And we kind of know what right is. Now there's going to be a middle of like what's right mm -hmm. for the particular practice and situation. So I think uh, that's important. Yeah. The last thing I want to leave you with is going to be just a really basic tip for the owner. So mm -hmm. one thing my boss did was after I told him I was pregnant, mm -hmm. instead of presenting me with a maternity contract, mm -hmm. he asked me to send him a proposal, mm. which is Amazing. So yeah. what I did was I actually created, um, I believe I sent it to him as a PDF and I actually mm -hmm. had three scenarios and each scenario had a different schedule of what I would do coming back to work. Mm -hmm. um, each scenario had um, just some ideas for pay. I didn't say this is what I want. This is what I need. I just threw out some ideas of what we could do with the bonus, what we mm -hmm. could do with the salary. Um, and then what we did is he and I sat down and we kind of picked it apart and put in things that benefited him and benefited myself. Yeah. So for example, he told me he needed me to work Mondays. Mm -hmm. So I said, wonderful. Let's make sure that is one of the days I'll pick the other two. Mm -hmm. um, and we did the same thing when negotiating the pay. So I forgot to mention that earlier, but mm -hmm. I would recommend the same thing as an owner, you know, ask them for a proposal mm -hmm. because that's going to put you as the owner in a position where you're going to see kind of where their heads at. That's true. So that would be my biggest recommendation to start. That's a great one. I, I like that a lot. So good. Thank you. And now yeah. I'm sure there's people listening that might have some questions for you, some follow-ups or some insights. Is there any way they could reach out to you about this? Absolutely. So email will probably be easiest. Mm -hmm. uh, my email is beckdeo at gmail.com. So B-E-C-D-E-Y-O. Um, you can find me on Instagram with the same handle, beckdeo, and I'm pretty easy to reach on Facebook. So by all means, reach out. I love to help students and doctors whenever. So Perfect. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you having this uh, you know, challenging conversation, but a good one. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. Before you leave, make sure you check out our website. We've got blogs and podcasts and all kinds of great info at www.modernchiropracticmarketing.com. We also have a closed Facebook group of the same name where a lot of like-minded chiropractors are workshopping ideas and making sure that we have this continual advancement of marketing, business, mindset, and just growth of your practice. So check us out, modernchiropracticmarketing.com and the Facebook group of the same name.